Good morning, everyone, and happy Friday. If you are not a Washington Commanders fan, oh my word. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about here, people. We got a lot to unpack for what we have going on in Washington, the Slandover. Um, listen, man, first I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be extremely blunt and honest this entire podcast, people. The NFC East is not a bad conference. They just got four bad teams. Let me say that again. The NFC East is not a bad conference. They just got four bad teams. Now, with saying this statement, there's literally two of the teams that have no business being in this conversation. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. But at this point in time, one quarter of the way during the season, all four teams in the NFC East have not hit the stride that they need to have to be considered as a good or decent or even solid team in the NFL. So I know what you're saying, Irv, but Philly's undefeated. Dallas, Dallas only lost one game. Okay. Let's let's talk about this real quick. And let's start from the bottom and go to the top. The one and three New York Giants. Okay. The New York Giants. Sorry, I'm pulling up my stats. The New York Giants. And I mentioned this before the season started. Are not a Daniel Jones type of football team. They are not. Pick one of the wide receivers. Pick one of the offensive linemen. Their team should be built around Saquon Barkley. Including the contract. You see, the issue with the Giants is the same issue with the NFL. They want you to believe that this is a quarterback-driven league when skill positions still rule. Let me say that one more time. They want you to believe that this is a quarterback-driven league when skill positions still rule. You can throw whatever you want at me in my face. It ain't but three quarterbacks in the National Football League that is worth saying the team is built around them. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's Aaron Rodgers. And that is Lamar Jackson. Those are the only three players. That's it. If the Ravens do not have Lamar Jackson, they lose. The Packers are only where they are right now is because they've been playing some scrubs. But they don't have Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what they look like. And, and, and go to the Jets. The Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers. What happened? 
Patrick Mahomes. Okay. The biggest threat on the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. Now, I know what you guys are saying. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, blah, 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 blah. Joe Burrow has three of the best tandem wide receivers in football. Arguably, a top 10 running back as well. How did the Bengals do without Joe Burrow? They played pretty solid. Hey, somebody else's tires got ripped. Sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm driving through the city and I just seen somebody else's tires got ripped with the soda soda bottle things underneath their car. Um, if Sorry, I lost some train of thought. Um, Josh Allen was a turnover machine and still borderline is. But everybody started calling him one of the top quarterbacks in the league as soon as he got Stephon Diggs. Gee, I wonder why. Herbert has three to four top wideouts himself. You know, Chargers ain't winning much once uh, Mike Williams got hurt. But Keenan Allen is playing out of his mind. Then you look at the guys. I I, I want to say C.J. Stroud is on that level where he could possibly be on that level to being a good quarterback without good, solid skill positions. But I've always been high on Nico Collins. Nico Collins has been underlooked and under undervalued for so long, and it's so annoying. But look at C.J. Stroud in Carolina. They got rid of D.J. Moore, who was an amazing wide receiver. Shout out to the, the, the Terps receivers. Terps got good receivers and corners that came out of uh, Maryland. Uh, Justin Fields got D.J. Moore now, and he decided he wanted to overuse him. Okay, cool. But Daniel Jones going back to NFC East, is nothing without Saquon Barkley. Bro, you need some brake lights or something. Um, You know, Dak Prescott. We're starting to see what his team looked like without Ezekiel Elliott. And this dude better get off my butt. But to have a, a strong running back that can go back and forth on somebody... Sorry, that sounded so bad, but y'all know what I mean. You got Tony Pollard, who's still a solid running back, but, you know, good teams have dual running backs. But the Giants is a Saquon Barkley-led team. They, they so undervalue Saquon Barkley, but didn't try to use him like he makes $20 million a year and he gets hurt. That is that is so ridiculous, and I hate the NFL for doing this. Because it's it, they try to say, well, look, they shouldn't have paid him all that money because he got hurt. Yeah, because you're, you're using him like a quarterback. 30 to 40 carries a game, and that's including receptions. He's going to get hurt. His usage rate is crazy for a running back. Now he's nowhere to be found, and the only game they won is a game that they came back and, and, and won when they should have lost against the Cardinals. Now let's go up the line to the Commanders. I 
have always said that Washington is a better team than what they put on the field. And the most frustrating thing with Washington is as soon as one thing gets successful, the other thing gets put underneath the underneath the gutter. Last year, the offense couldn't score to save their life. But the defense was top five ranked. Now you got an offense that's three times scored over 30 points. And the defense can't, can't catch a cold. Can't stop nothing. They allowed 40 points twice in a high 30 once after that. And I know what you're thinking. Irv, like, how are you so high on this, this, this? Okay, listen. Brian Robinson is a solid running back. He's not getting the opportunity to do anything because they're playing from behind. Yesterday, they played from behind because Chicago decided to score a touchdown the very first drive. Something they haven't done in like 45 years. We made Justin Fields look like he was a number one quarterback in the foot, in the NFL right now. It was the worst defensive call game I've ever seen in my entire life. Jack Del Rio calls a play call, calls a play tree against scrambling quarterbacks to not get beat when they scramble. So he plays it safe with linebackers that are just, you know, 10, 20 yards off the line. So if they scramble, they get them before the first down line. And he rushes four. You have to remember, you're still playing a young quarterback. You have to give them different looks. You have to make him scramble in the brain and not on his legs. Because as soon as the second half started, they did just that and had four straight three and out. It got to the point he was so confused thinking a blitz was coming that he they were able to win those four-man, uh, four-down lineman uh, uh, plays. You cannot go 17 straight plays, and I rewatched the game and counted it, 17 straight plays where they just hung back in zone and had four people just rushing at Justin Fields. Now, I'll give it this a little bit of thing. Chase Young was in Justin Fields' face a lot on some of those four down plays, four men, four uh, lineman down plays. I mean, a lot. It was to the point where I was like, goodness gracious, is Chase Young the only one playing on the defense? That is how horrible the defense played yesterday. It was bad. It was it was so bad. And I sat there and I rewatched it. And, and so many times while I was watching the defense, I was saying to myself that for anyone that said Chase Young is not valuable, after watching this game, after, for, after watching last week's game, and even parts of the Buffalo game, you don't know football. We can't, we can't talk about football. Because I understand he went to college with Justin Fields and he understands some of his tendencies. But it was like he was often hanging on the tackle just to just to 
wait for the time he knows Justin Fields is going to do something, puts a move on the tackle, and he's in Justin Fields' face. It happens so often. But the best rushes from Chase Young is when they threw an extra body on the line or an extra body on a blitz. Actually, the entire down four, Allen Payne, Sweat, and Young, is when they threw an extra body. You're literally playing a team that had four different offensive linemen starting from just last week. Not the beginning of the season, just last week. And you did not take advantage of that. And you still have a young quarterback who still on film scrambles in the mind when you throw too many bodies in his face and you don't use that to your advantage. And I literally had to attack some of my friends who were calling me talking about, yo, Forbes is a bust. Yo, Kendall Fuller, St. Juice is getting torched. Yo, I thought Curl and Forrest were good safeties. We all know this. All time, there are probably only six or seven true lockdown corners that can cover a wide receiver for a total of three seconds, which is about the time that a great quarterback will find somebody open. If you allow a quarterback to throw the ball two seconds or under, that is a win. That's a win. Forbes is getting played. Forbes is playing against top wide receivers, and you guys are asking him to play against a top wide receiver for three seconds and longer, and you think he won't get beat? What football games do you watch where a corner is on a wide receiver for longer than three seconds and is still winning? It is very rare, especially when a quarterback is just chilling. There's no pressure on the court. You need to put pressure on the quarterback. If there's six people in the backfield and you're only rushing four, good luck. Good luck. Because there are always holes on a football field. The field is entirely too big. For you to just sit there and be like, "Uh uh-huh, I got this zone, Uh uh-huh, I got this zone. Because somebody's going to find a crack, especially when a quarterback has an arm like Fields. Even Sam Howell was finding open guys when he was getting two seconds, let alone three. Sam Howell threw one of these most beautiful passes to Antonio Gibson, and it was just like on the dime right past the four, right past the ear of the corner who was guarding him. It was, it was, it was insanely beautiful. Sam Howell... If you are if you're believing that Sam Howell is not a, a solid quarterback for the NFL, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is only a six game, and I'm impressed. But not impressed to the point where I'm just like, yo, he's like top ten quarterback in the NFL. I'm I'm saying I'm impressed to the fact that this kid is fighting for his life behind the office of linemen. And you can tell the communication is off because there's a couple times he stepped in the pocket and the offensive lineman just completely stopped. That is kind of on Howell because you have to understand that these guys are blocking for a certain thing and you can't step into a pocket off a three-step drop because you're already stepping into a pocket where the defensive, where the offensive lineman is completely holding the defensive lineman. 
So you're stepping into a sack. Five-step drop is when you want to step into the pocket. And he did that a couple times on some most on some beautiful passes, man. I mean, it was some beautiful stuff. And for me, as a guy who played tight end, wide receiver, defensive end, if I, when I played defensive end, the one thing that I wanted was a guy to, to step up and 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 walk right into my hands when uh when I'm being blocked by an offensive lineman. And I was a skinny guy. So, you know, you come to me, it makes my job that much easier. And I'm, this is, I'm, t- I'm attacking Washington much longer because Washington is my team. But if the defense is not allowing, if the defense allows the amount of points that they did last year, this we could easily be 4-1 and one right now with this schedule instead of 2-3. and three. And honestly, we should be 0-5 right now. Because Denver had us beat. The Cardinals had us beat. But we played Philly very well. And we're only a second-half team against those other games that we played. Except Buffalo. Buffalo, before that game even started, I knew something wasn't going to go right. I I, I just had a feeling. But now we got two games back-to-back that are very winnable. This one's after a 10-day rest, so take advantage of that. And if Jack Del Rio doesn't come with a lot of disguises in this next game, by all means, uh, we need to evaluate what's going on in the locker room as far as coach-wise because he has too much firepower. You have a linebacker who is a 4-3-4-4 sprinting guy. You got a corner in St. Juice who, who, I mean, not St. Juice, but Kendall Fuller, who's a, who's been good on corner blitzes. Danny Johnson has been good on corner blitzes. And to everybody say, oh, Emmanuel Forbes got burnt by DJ Moore, check the game out again. Danny Johnson got burnt a couple times, but Field missed it. Uh, Kendall Fuller got two touchdowns on his head from, from DJ Moore, doing the exact same thing that, that Forbes did. And St. Jude's got away with multiple passing interferences on Mooney and on DJ Moore. So let's not just attack Emmanuel Forbes like he wasn't the only corner getting torched out there. Every one of those guys that suited up at corner yesterday got fried. Derek Forrest is playing like he should be playing where Cam Curl is playing. He is nowhere to be found on some of these corner routes. And I don't understand. The one thing I don't understand is how Washington uses their 4-2-5 defense. It's kind of weird. They run a 4 Everybody say they run 4-3 defense. You only, they only have four suited up linebackers. It's a 4-2-5, okay? They say it's a 4-3 because Cam Curl is in the box a lot. Whatever, okay? Whatever. Um, I, I don't like the way they run their defense, man. I don't. I really don't. I, I really, really don't. Um, it leaves Derek Forrest out to dry a lot. 
because rarely do they play two safety high. And I think teams are picking up on this because watching Stephon Diggs, watching DJ Moore last night, uh, watching uh, A.J. Brown last week, they are constantly doing the exact plays to a deep corner of the defense that is extremely open and is causing force to literally cover so much ground. Like, they they rarely ran a too high... When they ran too high safeties, Fields could get nothing. As soon as they went one high, Fields was having a field day. No pun intended. And, and when they were doing too high... Sent extra bodies a lot to fields to confuse them, and it was to the point where the guys were containing him. Like he thought he had places to go to scramble. But there was a black jersey there at all times. Like I don't, I know what I want to see from Washington with the players that they have. You got seven first rounders on your defense. Seven first rounders on your defense. There's no way that your team should be playing the way that they're playing right now. None. Not with seven first rounders on one side of the football. Think about this. Washington still has a chance to end the season the way that I said they was. Eight and nine. But if they continue to play football this way, I can only see five or six wins coming from the rest of the schedule. And, and four of these games are very winnable. And two of these games, I, I did a coin flip because they just play division games so off the hook that I just give them a chance to win two of those. But now I'm off of Washington because I already know Washington is going to frustrate me at least four or five more times. But that's just me being a fan. But realistically, Washington has no business being two and three right now. They don't. They don't. The schedule is set up for them to at least be three and two right now. And they're not. So I say that's a fail. The New York Giants schedule is set up right now for them to be three and two right now. And they're one and four. Failure. The Cowboys schedule, who I'm talking about next, is set up for them to be 5-0 going into San Francisco this week. They're 4-1. They lost to a team who is tanking. The Dallas Cowboys will still be the same team that we say every single season. They'll win 11 games, 12 games, be in the playoffs, lose first round. It happens every year. This is just what Dallas is. Where Washington is that team that is always being looked at as a team that will probably win three games every year and somehow they'll win seven or eight and still miss the playoffs. That's what Washington is. The Giants is one of those teams that, excuse me, if the schedule permits, they'll be a playoff team. But as soon as they, be a playoff, as soon as they are a playoff team that next year, they'll be in the gutter. That's what the Giants are. Whatever. 
Dallas is that team that is set up right now to make the playoffs just to lose in the first or second round. That is what Dallas is. Dallas has had the easiest schedule right now out of every single team in the football. From now until, I want to say, the last three games of the season, all of the games except two are tough games. So we're about to see what the Cowboys are made of. And it's not going to help the fact that they are very down with with the, uh, the, the defensive back position, especially losing Trayvon Diggs. We all know who Dak Prescott is. We don't have a bruiser or running back, so they're putting everything on, on Pollard, which is going to come back to haunt them. CeeDee Lamb is going to get his drops, okay? I like Brandon Cooks. I've always liked Brandon Cooks. Um, Michael Gallup, y'all been so high on Michael Gallup like he is Alvin Harper, whatever. But I'm noticing that Micah Parsons, and I said this also before the season, if they strictly leave him at defensive end like they planned on doing, Micah Parsons will get to a point where he'll burn out. His size is not sustainable to play defensive end an entire season. He is a mobile player that needs to be around different positions. And he's the most effective when he's playing inside linebacker. Like he did at Penn State. Like he did when he was going crazy in the last couple years. I, Michael Parsons, there should not be a game where Michael Parsons is not being talked about as destroying somebody. And I was surprised that there was a game that happened and it was against the Arizona Cardinals. That is surprising to me. The Dallas Cowboys are still going to win 11 games, okay? They're just going to win 11 games. But they're not an 11-win team this year at all. At all. At all. The schedule just permits it right now. Um, and then the Philadelphia Eagles, who are by far a top team in the National Football League, when they picked up DeAndre Swift... And I said this the second the trade went was I can't remember if it was a trade or, or a free agent signing. I said the second they signed DeAndre Swift, sign them up for the Super Bowl again. It is insane how the Philadelphia Eagles continue to get these players for low budget prices that are much better than the prices that they have given up. I don't understand how they get away with this. Philadelphia is undefeated right now, but the second that they hit their stride, it's going to be a problem. They have not hit their stride yet, which is scary because they're undefeated and haven't hit their stride. I think that Washington game is a wake-up call, and I forgot who they're playing this week. I'll take a look real fast. Um, 
I think it's I think it's a pretty solid. I think they play the Rams. They're going to destroy the Rams. That Washington game was a wake up call. Overtime three points at home to a team that has no business being an overtime team against them. Oh yeah, the Rams. Listen, <laughs> look out, uh, Los Angeles, because you're about to get blown out, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, all in all, I'm still a fan. I love doing this podcast stuff. I love talking to you guys on on my on my Facebook group, Bigger versus the People. A lot of you guys are just delusional, which makes it a lot of fun for me. Um, but honestly, we need to seriously take a look at how we act and what we think as fans. I've always said each team is who their who their schedule is, basically. And each team is basically who they're going to be throughout the next 10 years. Washington, I cheer for Washington. I want Washington to win. I always say Washington's going to the playoffs. But realistically, when I choose them, I always say, listen, I don't like the way the schedule's set up. This is one of those years as well. They had the worst schedule in the NFC East, but somehow, someway, they always get these random teams that are not bad. Go figure. And they'll end up winning like seven or eight games just because somebody keeps saying they're only going to win two or three. Like, every time somebody says Washington's going to win two or three games, first thing I say is, oh, that's eight. And then whenever time, every time somebody says they're going to win seven, seven or eight games, I'm like, they're going to end up winning five. That's, that's just what Washington is. It is. They are not a 10-win team. They are built as a team that should win 10 games, though. But at this point, your your coach and your best coach on your staff is defensive-minded, and your team's giving up multiple over 30-point games when you're a def- defensive-minded coach. It's time for a change. Um, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, if they still have a job after this season, I would be very surprised. It's just too up and down right now. And it's and it's not pretty. Okay. Um after watching the Chicago game, I was very disgusted at how the game plan was given out for the defense. It was it was horrible. It was bad. It was so bad. But now I've already got my time. I didn't plan on doing 30 minutes. I say that all the time. <laughs> um but as always, I appreciate you guys for listening, for supporting, for giving me an ear about my thoughts, especially if you guys want to hear a clean podcast. Uh, former guys just speaking his mind on sports. You know, I appreciate you guys as always, because you guys don't have to listen to me, man. So, if you guys want to join in on the talk, uh, Facebook group, Big Irv versus the people, B I G I R V, V S T H E P E O P L E. Uh, in the Facebook group, 
I usually share a lot of polls and stuff just to see where everybody's mindset is on a lot of things. Um, I do a lot of sports talking, uh, and I'm not just talking about one sport. I talk about all sports, whether it's soccer, hockey, women's sports. You know, I don't hold back. Um, everything is a topic. Everything can be talked about. Um, also, you know, I, I leave the door open for everybody to have a conversation on sports. It's not just me. Um, I tell people all the time, please go ahead and post. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's all talk. Let's all get together. You know, the, the group has jumped up to about a hundred people now, which is amazing. When I started the group, it was just me and six of my friends, and we just uh, chopping at the bit. Got up to 100 people now. Let's continue to make this grow. It's weird because the one group that I have that I don't promote that much has more people, which is interesting. But um, I think that's just because gaming is a bigger bigger scene than sports at the moment. Um, so, yes, get into that group. If you guys want to get some updates, Big Irv 716 on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Coach IRV, P-A-Y-N-E for my sports stuff. IRV, Coach IRV, R-I-V-I-N, P-A-Y-N-E. Goodness gracious. Um, I'm eating pretzels and salt and all that stuff, so in my mind I'm off. And as of now, we're officially six weeks away from tryouts. Woo! So in six weeks, the podcast is going to start really shortened down. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start turning it into personal podcasts. So every Friday, uh, from the from December, January, and February, I'll give you guys an update of how the basketball season is going. Um, because I'll be 100% focused on basketball then. Uh, shout out to WJ Homecoming Week, yo. We got Montgomery Blair High School coming in tonight for football. Y'all know how I am. We getting that dub. We staying undefeated football, baby. Congratulations to all the golfers who have made it to the next round. Uh, the field hockey team for getting dubs. Soccer team undefeated this week, man. All the sports at WJ has been playing some great sports. Um, the, the kids are always amazing. We're always all supportive for each other. Um, you know, a lot of sports that you guys think a lot of people won't show up for is packed. Uh, the parents are amazing. I tell them all the time. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. They have been supportive for me alone since I got to this school. And for a guy that if you guys see me in person, you're probably going to be like, God, dog. Like, I mean, it's always love. It's always hugs. It's always, hey, how you doing? How's the family? And I always say it and I always repeat it back. That is just what a true family is, especially from a school support system. So I appreciate you guys. I'm definitely going to share this one because I think a lot of people need to hear this conversation and, and have a take on it. So jump in the group. Holla at me. If you got Facebook, jump in the group, man. Let's talk it out. Bring up some bring up some conversations yourself, man. This is all fun and games. And I appreciate you guys, man. As always, peace out.